Well, good morning. Great to be with you again, wherever you are in the world and however you're watching. Thanks for joining us. I trust over the last few days you've enjoyed God's grace and peace in your life. I'm really excited to be with you again. Uh, we have been talking over the last couple of weeks about preparation, about the need to be prepared, the need to be ready for the day in which we're living. And last week I had the great opportunity of sharing with you from Matthew chapter 6 about making the kingdom of God your primary concern. We looked, if you remember, uh, at how preparation is a good thing. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, for example, that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. God is a God of preparation. And we talked about the fact that right preparation requires right attitude. We are preparing in anticipation. We're preparing in hope. We're preparing confident that God is leading and looking after us. And so we read in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says not to worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, but that we're instead going to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. In that passage, Jesus lays out for us three really clear attitudes. We're not going to store up for ourselves treasures on earth. We're going to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We're not going to serve money. We're going to serve God. And we're not going to worry about our life. Instead, we're going to seek first the kingdom. And the wonderful thing about seeking first the kingdom is that it's what we were designed to do. We were made by God in his image to be in right relationship with him, pursuing his purpose for our lives. And when we line ourselves up with God's purpose, everything we need is added to us. We talked last time about how the will of God, the kingdom of God is that place where the will of God is done to the exclusion of any other will. And we saw that the kingdom of God is universal. Matthew 24, 14. The good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the, the end will come. We saw that the kingdom is unlimited. The prophet Isaiah declared that of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. And we saw that the kingdom of God is unshakable. The writer to the Hebrew says, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. We are in an unshakable kingdom. The world might be shaking, the nations might be quaking, but the church that Jesus is building is standing firm and going on strong. We're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now today we're gonna get a little bit more practical in the ways in which we can be prepared, the ways in which we can prioritize the kingdom of God in our life. And uh, what I want to say to us today is that in order to properly prepare, in order to prioritize the kingdom of God, we must give the word of God the prominent place in our lives. Let me say that again, in order to properly prepare, in order to prioritize the kingdom of God, we must give the word of God the prominent place in our lives. We're going to look at a story from the Bible in a moment just to illustrate this, but let me give you an example from my own life. One of the highlights for me in the lockdown period has been the fantastic Facebook Live series with our good friend Jonathan Cooper. How many of you have watched one of those interviews that Jonathan's done on Facebook during the week? They're fantastic. If you haven't checked them out, please do. We're doing our best to sign them to a long-term deal as we speak. And one of the things that John does with his guests is he does a questionnaire. 
with married couples, he gets them to share different um, secrets about their lives. And one of the questions he asks is, which one of you said, I love you first? Well, I'm ready with my answer. I know that with Saskia and I, with my wife and I, I was the first one to say, I love you. I remember telling her that I loved her and then she didn't say anything. <laughs> oh no, what have I done? And a few days went by, a week went by and then we were together and she turned to me and she said, it's taken a week, but I love you. Well, I was so excited. I was over the moon. <laughs> it, it was worth waiting for. It didn't matter that it had taken a week. <laughs> the girl of my dreams loved me and she'd said so. You know, I remember going around Cardiff that week. I remember walking down Cote's Terrace on my way to university, just thinking about those words. She loves me. It did not matter what was going on in the rest of my life. <laughs> to be honest with you, it didn't matter what was going on in any of your lives either. All that mattered to me at that moment, all that mattered to me in those, <laughs> those first few days was this, she loves me. I took that word and I gave it a prominent place in my life. And as you can tell uh, by the story I'm telling you this morning, I'm still excited <clears throat> by the fact that she loves me. Now, of course, I might be in trouble for telling you that story. So if any of you come to my house, any of you come to my house, in the next few weeks and find even more animals living with us, you'll know why we've had to buy more animals. But as much as I love my wife and I love the fact that she loves me, Jesus occupies the first place in our lives. He occupies the first place in my life and he occupies the first place in her life. And so as much as I treasure her words, I am learning to treasure his words all the more. It's wonderful to hear from my wife that she loves me, but it's even more wonderful to hear from Jesus that he loves me, to look into the word and see that he loves me, to read about the, 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 the wonder of the cross that he laid down his life for us because he loves us. And I want to help us today give the word of God the prominent place in our lives that it deserves and that we were designed for. So I want us to look at a story, it's in Luke chapter eight. It's a very familiar story. It's a story that Jesus tells a few different times in the gospels, once in Matthew 13, it comes up again in Mark chapter four. And we're gonna read the account in Luke chapter eight and it is the parable of the sower. It's the story that on one occasion Jesus says is the most important story he tells, that if you can understand this story, you'll understand all the other story he tells, stories he tells. And so I'm going to read to you from uh, Luke chapter 8 and I'm going to begin at verse 4 where it says this. As a large crowd was gathering and people were flocking to him from every town, Jesus said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. As he was sowing, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the sky ate it up. Other seed fell on the rock. When it sprang up, it withered since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground. Where it sprang up, it produced a crop, a hundred times what was sown. As Jesus said this, he called out, anyone who has ears to hear should listen. Then his disciples asked him, what does this parable mean? So he said, the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest it is in parables, so that looking they may not see and hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed 
is the word of God. The seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seed on the rock are those who have, who when they hear, welcome the word with joy. Having no root, these believe for a while and depart in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among thorns, these are the ones who when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches and pleasures of life and produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it and by enduring bear fruit. This word has been on my heart for a long time. I've been reading this story for months, if I'm honest, because I believe that we are in a season where we need to learn to endure, where we need to learn to persevere in order to bear fruit. I just want you to think for a moment about what Jesus says here. He says that the seed is the word of God. The word of God is a seed. And just think about seeds just for a moment. In a seed is all the power and all the potential of the fruit that it's destined to become. No farmer, no gardener sows seeds, plants crops without expecting a harvest. A farmer sows his seed expecting to reap a harvest. A gardener goes into their garden, plants bulbs expecting flowers to come up. They don't sow aimlessly, they sow with expectation. And God is just the same. He says in Isaiah 55 that as the snow and the rain come down from heaven, watering the earth, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is his word. It goes out from his mouth, it doesn't return to him void, but instead it goes out to accomplish that for which he desired it and that for which he sent it. When God speaks his word, he speaks with purpose and intent. When he speaks to you, it's not a daydream, it's not an idle thought that's come to his mind. He's speaking to you in line with his purpose and his plan for your life. The word of God is a seed and seeds need space to grow or as one of our friends says, seeds need room to bloom. Is there some room in your heart today for the word of God to grow? Jesus speaks of four different types of soil in this story. He speaks about seed that's sown on the path and the devil comes and takes away what is sown. He's speaking about people who have been deceived. After all, we were made in God's image and we were made to be in right relationship with God. And so the best thing for us is to be in right relationship with God. But people are deceived. They're led astray. We must pray, dear friends, that as we have opportunities in the days and weeks and months to come to share the good news of the gospel with people around us, that it's seed that goes into good soil and bears a harvest. Don't be deceived. Don't, be, don't believe lies. Believe the truth. Jesus speaks about seed that's sown on the rock. And he speaks about people who receive the word with joy. They get excited in the moment, but when challenges come along because of the word, they fall away in a time of testing. He's speaking there about people who are discouraged. Then Jesus speaks about seed being sown on thorny ground. And he says it grows up, but growing up with the seed are weeds, are thorns, the worries, the riches, the pleasures of life, and they choke the word. Jesus is speaking there about people who are distracted. The word has come into their life, but it doesn't have a prominent place because there are so many other things that they're focusing on at the same time. But Jesus also speaks about good soil. 
where the seed is sown into good ground and it bears fruit a hundredfold. And he says that this is speaking of people who receive the word, hold on to it, bear fruit with patience. So if Jesus has spoken in the first three soils about people deceived, discouraged and distracted, I believe in the final one he's speaking about a people who are devoted. We have a decision to make today. Will we be discouraged because of the challenges that we face in our lives? Will we be distracted because of all the other things that are available to us in this world? Or will we be devoted? Will we passionately pursue the purposes of God? Will we make the kingdom of God our primary concern? Will we give God and his wonderful word the prominent place in our lives? Because if we do so, we have the wonderful opportunity to bear a hundredfold fruit for our God. I want to say a few things about these different souls very quickly. The first thing is this. Let's watch out for one another to make sure that no one is deceived. So that no one believes a lie. So that no one um, takes upon themselves a, a lie from the enemy that leads them into bondage. Uh, one of my favourite preachers says this, that any area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope is ruled by a lie. Don't be deceived and let's watch out for one another, dear friends, to make sure that no one is deceived. I want to speak to those who are discouraged today. Those of you who have received promises from God, um, those of you who've set out to seek first the kingdom, but it's been difficult. You face opposition, you face challenge. Your family have given you a hard time. Workplaces have given you a hard time. Situations and circumstances have just come against you. I just want to say this to you very simply today. Get up. Be strong. Be of good courage. Don't quit. The word that God spoke into your heart is still true. It's still powerful. It's still active. So don't be discouraged. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the grace that is yours in the Lord. And be determined that no matter how many times you've been knocked down, you're going to get back up again and you're going to pursue the purposes of God with all your heart. None of us are too old to serve God. None of us are too young. None of us are overqualified or underqualified. God has no respect of persons. If your heart is for him, if you're seeking with all your heart, you're going to find him. Don't be discouraged. I want to speak to those of you today who've been distracted. Um, the worries, the cares, the pleasures, the riches of life are there. And they they're not in their proper place. They are dominating the word of God over your life. You're thinking about work, you're thinking about family, you're thinking about holidays more than you're thinking about the purposes of God and the word of God over your life. To you, I want to say this very simply, it's time to focus. It's time to fix your thoughts on Jesus, the high priest and apostle that you confess. It's time to fix your eyes on Jesus and run a race with perseverance. It's time to, um, it's time to put him first. There are many wonderful things in this life for us to enjoy but none of them can replace Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. None of them can replace Jesus as the love of our lives and the joy of our existence. And those of you who are devoted, those of you who have taken the word of God and you are holding on to it with patience and regardless of what's coming your way from this direction or that, you're just keeping going forward. I wanna say this to you today, keep going and keep growing because there's more fruit for you to bear. There's always more. So what can we do 
How can we take these realities and put them into our lives? How can we prepare? How can we prioritise the kingdom? How can we give the word of God a prominent place in our lives? Well, I want to give you three things to pay attention to in the days and weeks to come. They're very simple, they're very obvious. The first thing I want to encourage you to pay attention to are the scriptures. Give time to reading the word of God, the written word of God. Give time to the scriptures. And I want to encourage you, read the word of God. Read it out loud. Read it to yourself. Read it to your family. Read it to your friends. Let it be the thing that you think about as you go on your daily business, as you drive in your car, as you walk to the shops, as you take exercise. Think about the Word of God. I'd like to set you a challenge. Begin to memorise passages of Scripture. It's a great discipline. It's not for the clever. It's not for the eloquent. It's for the hungry. It's food to our souls. And as you are, take the Word of God upon you and, and store it up in your mind. It'll come to you when you need it. Pay attention to the Scriptures. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is pay attention to prophecies. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, don't despise prophecies, hold on to what is good. Don't despise prophecies. Think of the prophetic words over your life, the significant words that have come to you at significant times. Think of the ongoing encouragement that we receive as a church when we hear the prophetic word among us. Don't despise and don't throw away prophetic word. It's time for us to dig out prophetic word. It's time for us to look over it again, to speak it out again, to believe it in a new way. Don't throw away prophetic word. For Saskia and I, we know that our lives have been shaped by the prophetic words that we've received. On our wedding day, at different times in our lives, we have had to make a conscious decision that we're going to live by the prophetic word that God has spoken over our lives. So pay attention to the scriptures, pay attention to prophecies. And finally, and this might sound a strange thing from a preacher, but pay attention to preaching. Pay attention to the words that are coming to you week after week that you're being taught, because in them is the word of God. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, that when we came among you, you received the word as it actually was not the words of men, but the word of God. And as we are Hearing the word of God week on week on week, it's actually something we can take hold of and apply to our lives. This hit home for me a couple of weeks ago when T was sharing from um, his life experiences of God teaching him about perseverance. You remember him walking around the park and he talked about God teaching him about perseverance? Oh, that hit home perfectly for me. I thought, that's exactly where I'm at too. I'll take hold of that. They're really simple things I know, really obvious things I know, but I believe that that's key for us in the kingdom. That if we'll take hold of that which is right in front of us and put it into practice, God is going to make our way clear and simple. So we're in a season where we're preparing, where we're getting ready. We're in a season where we're making the kingdom of God our primary concern like never before. And therefore we are giving God and his wonderful word prominence in our lives. We're not going to be discouraged. We're not going to be distracted but we're gonna be devoted. We're gonna keep going and we're gonna keep growing because there is hundredfold fruit for us to bear. And for us, what that means is we're going to pay attention to the scriptures. We're gonna pay attention to the prophetic word. We're gonna pay attention to the preach word. 
And as we do these things, just watch and wait what God has in store. Have a great rest of the day, a great rest of the week, and in everything you do, may you know God's grace and peace. Thank you.